Blog Talk Radio. Pugilistic linguistics, check out the 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 pugilistic linguistics, check out What's happening, y'all? What's happening? Welcome to the Pugilistic Linguistics Show. I am host, Mike Foster, the voice of reason in an unreasonable world. And I'm coming to you on a Sunday morning, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, just so you know, like I say all the time before we get started, come out to iTunes. I'm going to start building that library again. Uh, you know, but you can go out there and check out all the previous shows, the upcoming shows, that type of thing. So go out, check me out on iTunes, look up Pugilistic Linguistics. It'll be there. So. Again, a Sunday morning. This is uh, new for me. I'm normally a a night owl, nighttime, midnight caller type dude. Um, But, you know, daddy duties never stop, so I got some time. I decided to squeeze it in. Uh, But to that end, I am going to be moving the day for the live show to Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m. Central Time. That way, none of my weekend obligations gets in the way and daddy duties don't get in the way and that type of thing. So we're going to do Wednesdays, starting this Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central Time. Come check your boy out. So to get it started today, as you can see, the title of today is Just Admit It. And I actually got this idea from... Uh, a speech, uh, uh, soliloquy, uh, you know, uh, a statement from Jimmy Kimmel on one of his shows this past weekend, or this past week. And no, I'm not going to be reciting his verbatim, uh, but what what it did to me was spark an idea. And this isn't just about who I'm about to talk about. You know I'm going to talk about Tom. For all you unindoctrinated, Tom is T-O-M, orange man. That is your president. Uh, Tom. And another thing, I, I kind of started it on the last incarnation of the show. I do want dial-ins. I mean, I may not be whatever people listening Feel free to call in. The number is 929-477-1189. If you want to dial in, like I said, it don't have to be this one. It could be the next one. It could be the ones after that. But I kind of want some interactivity into the show. So just admit it. It is okay. Sometimes honorable. To admit a mistake. As a man who has been married, that is invaluable in that type of relationship. For you women out there that have been married, understand invaluable. Sometimes you're just wrong. Sometimes you need you need to admit your wrongness. If that's first, and I found people don't want to admit them being wrong is the fact that they don't one want to admit that human part of their they can actually make a bad decision 
but also they don't want to incur the reaction of the person that they're admitting they're wrong to. That's why it's so hard to do. Because one, it opens you up to criticism. And two, you just don't want to deal with the reaction. So you just don't do it. Or worse still, you double down on your wrongness. And I'm gonna have I'm gonna ride with that word wrongness. I like that. You double down on your wrongness. So not only do you not admit that you're incorrect or you're wrong or you did something sideways, you will double down and 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 try to justify your incorrection. It's Sunday morning wide awake, I'm making up words left and right, y'all. It's about to happen. Correction. And, and it, in many cases, it's not a major thing. You know, you don't want to admit to your husband, your wife, your friend, your cousin, your brother, your sister, your mama, whatever. You, you know, it is what it is. You know, many of us know you're wrong. Many of us know it, whatever. We, we just chalk it up to, you know, hey, it is what it is. But in some cases, that sentiment becomes dangerous. In some instances, that becomes dangerous. Take your president, for instance. And see, here's the killing part about that dude. Here's the killing part about this dude. Everything he's doing now, he told you he would do. There's nothing that he is currently doing that has taken anyone by surprise. Nothing. But he has a an inability to admit a wrong. That is one of the telltale signs of a crippling narcissism. If you all know about the the old Greek tale of Narcissus, that's where the word narcissism comes from. And he has this crippling inability to assess his place in decisions that he has made. He has a crippling inability to understand the repercussions of what he does because he never had to face any. As a business as a local New York businessman, he's never had to truly face any repercussions because he had that money. He had that paper. He could buy his way to everything. But a leopard don't change his spots. He is the same dude then that he is now. And the kicker of it all is he told you that. And when I say you, I'm talking about the folk that voted for him. 
and as an extension, the people who decided to take their ball and go home and don't vote at all. And I got some good friends that fit in that last category. And I'm not going to jump on y'all, but I'm just just putting that out there. He has a crippling narcissism that precludes him from admitting wrongs. But I'll get to him in a moment. This is more pointedly to the people who steadfastly supported him, voted for him, and then doubled down on that error and refuses even to turn on him, just refuses to take the situation objectively and make potentially a different decision. It's not that if, you know, you made the wrong decision that you can't undo it. I mean, he's in the office. You can't truly undo it. But what I'm saying is there's enough there with this guy to where you need to admit a wrong. Here's what I mean. So, Cat comes out as almost a novelty candidate after coming out in 2012. The novelty candidate. Like, he was the Republicans' equivalent, and I don't know if anybody remembers this dude, but there was, a, I believe, a local New York election. There was this black guy, and he was on the Rennes' too damn high party. He provided some true lightheartedness to that election. And his memes went all over the world and the video went over. The rent is too damn high party. Donald Trump was the GOP's equivalent of the rent is too damn high party dude. He'd come out, say some clownish shit, you know, say some things that were completely off the wall. We chuckle and then we focus to more more focused candidates. He was the comic relief. He was the, the foil. He was the joker. But the kicker is, in 2015, leading up to the 2016 election, that joker shtick he was doing really tapped into a, a segment of the population that to that point felt they were, they were being increasingly marginalized. I had a conversation with a dude on a post about this because increasingly white folk thought they were losing. They were being oppressed. And I had to ask, who the hell's oppressing you? If y'all losing, who winning? Because the damn show ain't us. Who winning? You've been a part of the proletariat for 250 years. Who losing? Who winning? Damn show ain't us. But anyway, that 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 xenophobia, Mexicans are taking over, blacks are taking over, Asians or whatever whatever the, the, the racial group du jour was. Donald Trump tapped into that with his clownish shtick 
and, and people bought into it with increasing and, and, and frightening regularity. So he started to take off in the polls and then notice, and this is why politicians ain't shit. Notice, when Trump started to get popular and his poll numbers started to go up, all the rest of the people chasing him in the primary began to act just like him. See, that's, a, that's an alarming lack of character because character is what you do when no one's watching. They began to craft and modify the message to meet that xenophobic vision, that myopic vision of America that Trump and his cohorts were, were pushing, that agenda. So, you know, I, I distinctly remember at some rallies during the primary season to where they were interviewing these, these ladies and they were talking about how he's a straight shooter and how we can trust everything he says and he's saying things that need to be said and all this crap. Excuse me, I had to cough. All this crap. And they took the second coming of Dwight David Eisenhower. So they hitched the wagons to this dude. Not surprising because he became a transcendent figure, rightly or wrongly, good or bad. He was a transcendent figure in this election. Kind of like the way they hitched their wagons to Barack Obama in 2008 when they realized it was a combat that couldn't be stopped. Everybody hitched their wagons to him because they couldn't stand him. Same idea here, just on a different side. But the killer about all of it is Donald Trump never changed his spots. And ask any local New York folk that was around and of age in the early to mid-90s, maybe even going back to the mid-80s, about Donald Trump and who he is. And they would have told you straight up. Don't mess with that dude. He's a billionaire. Cool. You know, he make his money. Cool. He do his thing. Cool. Don't mess with that dude, though. He is bereft of character. His money laundering uh, things with Russia, when he was a local dude, were widely known. It wasn't like it was a secret. He would butt diddle some Russian bimbos and watch them dudes' money through failed casinos in Atlantic City and some his business in New York or whatever, or Trump Steaks or Chewbacca, Trump Airline. He'd wash their money through that stuff, all while being celebrated in butt diddling bowls. This is not new. Conveniently, people got that when he decided to run president. He stopped. That's why that kills this. Russian witch hunt. No, it ain't. It's just this is a case of chickens coming on the loose. He had his hand firmly in Russia for the last 35, 40 years. This ain't nothing new. It's new to y'all because you want to see. But whatever. 
So so he people hitched his wag hitched their wagons to Donald Trump. Uh the and this is not a generalization. This has actually been studied. The lower middle class, lower educated, more rural populace in the United States saw him as a billionaire advocate for the small man. How many oxymorons are in that sentence? When have you ever known a billionaire to be an advocate for the for the small man, for the for the rural dude, for the for the poor? When have you ever known? Bill Gates, maybe? I don't know. With his foundation? I don't know. Donald Trump is not that dude, but whatever. People don't realize, people won't, people won't admit Donald Trump or whoever came out. See, here's the killing part about it, too. Trump was just a recipient of that burgeoning uh, uh, bigotry that was bubbling under. It could have been anybody that tapped into it. It happened to be him because he was astute enough to know that's what America needed, America wanted. Because Donald Trump is the next natural, equal, and opposite reaction to Barack Obama. Sir, I think for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You think that the, the white supremacist, alt-right dude was the natural opposite reaction to our first black president. You can't see the dichotomy there. You can't see the juxtaposition between the two. But whatever. They bought into him, whatever. So then his misogyny comes up. Actually, before, let me back up. Bigotry and xenophobia were the things he ran his campaign on. All Mexicans are rapists. Folk, vote for me. What have you got to lose? Your your city's shit. Your schools are shit. What do you have to lose? Vote for me. Xenophobia. Muslims are terrible. Muslims are bad. Get them all out of here. Not realizing that ISIS ain't the biggest threat to America. Joe Bob down the street that walks to Walmart with an AK-47 on his back and a hood in his car is the biggest threat to America. Not ISIS. But his bigotry and xenophobia took center stage. And what happened? The more outrageous he got, the more you all bought into him. As some sort of, of warrior for the for the common man. But see, the, the best part about all this is y'all can't hide no more. Y'all can't hide anymore. See, y'all been sitting in the shadows for, you know, 40, 50 years. You you, you found somebody you can uh, 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 relate to, and y'all jumped in droves. Y'all can't hide no more. We've seen you. But then this misogyny comes out. His feelings toward women are re-exposed. Because remember, we knew all this. Serial adulterer, why he's talking about Bill Clinton, even though Bill Clinton was running for president, but serial adulterer. Cheated Ivana Trump 
with his second wife, Marla Maples, or who became his second wife. Started dating his third wife while still married to Marla Maples, who didn't find out he was divorcing her until she heard at a press conference. This is the dude you're dealing with. And then tried to cheat on third wife with some random news chick and then and, and then brags about it on tape. And notice he didn't he never disputed the tape. He disputed it coming out. Remember, it's never the fact that things happened with him. It's the fact that you found out about it. That's what he mad about. It's never I didn't do it. It's y'all shouldn't have heard it. So he brags about grabbing him by the pussy and all that stuff because they, they let me do it. I'm rich. This is a married man talking. He has said out of his mouth, that he used to go backstage during his Miss Universe pageants or whatever he had and would see these teenagers in various stages of undress and didn't leave. No purpose. Phipps elected to be president. I don't want to hear that. Well, we didn't act a moral authority. Bullshit. Because if that's the case, you wouldn't be so down Bill Clinton's ass. If morality doesn't matter, then you would not bring up Bill Clinton as your counterpunch. You can't have it both ways. He said, and, and on Inside Edition, there was an expose on this. There was a cameraman that was standing with him back in the 90s. And there was a 10-year-old girl coming down an escalator in one of his properties. And he said, damn, she's good looking. In 10 years, I'll be dating her. He said that. And he was in his 50s then. This is the guy you elected, you hitched your wagon to. This is the guy that you doubled down to justify your selection. This is the guy. So fine, you all realize, and, and I've said this before to people, friends of mine, associates of mine, even acquaintances of mine who voted for this dude. I am not going to say that you all are racist. Never going to say it because I don't believe it. But what I do believe is you all decided that racism was not a deal breaker. And that takes me for Paul. I'm not going to say that you actively go out and plan roads and go to rallies and burn crosses. Never go say that because I know you people. You are all good people for the most part. But when there was the time to say we can't allow this, you bitched up. You chose party over country or you chose your hatred of Hillary Clinton over the man that was ill-prepared to be leader. You all determined that racism, xenophobia, and misogyny were not deal-breakers. Earns me. 
But fine, he, he gets in on this sentiment of anti-Washington. He's a outsider. He's a somebody who's going to get shit done. He's going to run this like one of his businesses while not realizing he basically bankrupted Atlantic City. How the hell in, the, in this gambling-obsessed society can you fuck up a casino? Open the doors, put some slots in there that ain't going to pay nobody, and let the money roll. How is that up? Again, this is a man who bankrupted a football league in America. That's a bird and an apple pie. do that at? So you roll with this dude till he got into the White House. I'm fine. Shit happens. Fine. But now, look what he does when he's in the White House. What Major, hell, minor, what legislation has he passed that has nothing to do with Barack Obama? Original thought has this man had when it comes to leadership? Undo Obamacare. I try. I've been trying part of seven years. Ain't figured it out by now, but go ahead and try. Uh, Reestablish the sanctions with Cuba with no real reason other than it was a Barack Obama decision. Loosen the banking regulations. Why? Per his per his own saying, so my friends can get loans again. Look what he said. Gutting the dot Frank. Why? Obama read. Think about it. He's undoing all this actively charging the federal government for space in Trump Tower to provide him security. Trump is charging the U.S. government for the secret service to have space to provide security that is mandated by U.S. law. Then the appearance of this is an apparent conflict of interest in charging them premium prices. That's okay because he's a businessman. That's good business. My mama told me all the ain't money. Sometimes business got to take a backseat to what's right. But again, that's probably why I made no money, because I got a conscience. His son-in-law and his daughter-in-law have security clearances. Why? Look what he's doing. He installed a shit ton of what they call alt-right, damn it, alt-right, alt-right stuff. That's just a pretty euphemism for racist white folk. And this is not right-wingers. This is not right-leaning. This is that extreme white supremacist, white nationalism, all this crap. The 
folk he's putting in the White House. I guess it kind of fits. The White House with them white folk. And you all don't bat an eye. One of his quote-unquote first duties as president was to go into Indiana and get Carrier to drop some of it, to keep some of its jobs here because they were shipping them to Mexico, I believe. And he touts this as a big victory for the working man, and this is how the of the deal gets done and all this shit. What's happened no more than six months later? They're shipping them jobs anyway. Google it. Look it up. And it smelled fishy anyway because it was in the state of Indiana. Indiana was paying Carrie millions of dollars to keep them for there. Guess who is the governor of Indiana? His current vice president, Mike Pence. He didn't go to the Maytag place in here in Iowa uh, to, to try to get them jobs back. He didn't go to where Brunswick was and when they shipped bowling ball manufacturing down to Mexico. He didn't go there to try to get that job, get that stuff back. He went for the low-hanging fruit, the easy pick, the easy thing. Y'all didn't bat an eye. Y'all still making apology. Y'all still an apology for him. Y'all still making excuses for him. So now, bigots that put them in office feel they have a rallying point. They have somebody they can actually rally against. And they, what they've started to do is take their hoods off and walk through town squares with torches. This is their new thing now. I shouldn't say new thing. This is their thing. You know, in the 60s and 70s, the Klan walked around with robes. Now they have business suits. Because they have somebody in the White House they can rally around. The person to where you all voted for him and didn't bat an eye. Jimmy Kimmel said in his, in his uh, monologue uh, about making the mistakes or whatever, holding Trump in the office was like getting caught up in the Star Wars hysteria in the 70s and wallpapering your entire kitchen in Star Wars wallpaper. It was a good idea at the time. But three, four days later, when you walk in the kitchen to make you, make you a sandwich, you look up and Lando Calrissian is staring you in the face, you might want to say, oh, damn, that might not have been a good idea. I may have made a mistake. Unfortunately, what Trump's voters do instead of that, they said, no, piss on that. Lando, make sure I make good sandwiches. That gives me great idea. You know, that's, that's what I'm talking about. You, you, look at, you look at an error in the face, and instead of you being an adult about it and say, damn, I might have thought this through better. I may think this through better next time, or I should have thought this through better this time. You double down on it and try to justify why well, it ain't that bad. You know, I right. No, it ain't I. Right. Your president went overseas and embarrassed this country. 
wouldn't shake Angela Merkel's hand of Germany. Kiss Putin's ass over there. And as a quick aside, you kill me with this Putin, Obama, Kim Jong-un stuff we're going to talk about in a second. Y'all kill me with this mess, talking about how Obama was so feckless and how he didn't uh, do what he needed to do and how everybody's – you know, you talk your ass off. They didn't try that man. I don't care what you all say. They didn't try that man. I don't. I'm not a hundred percent Obama apologist. I think he did some things that he probably shouldn't have. He he didn't do things he probably should. You know, nobody's perfect. But you say what you want to say. Putin didn't come at that dude. Putin would have come. Would not have come at Clinton because he hated Clinton. He was a, he he was afraid of Obama. Kim Jong Un did not mess with that black man. Talk your ass off. As soon as Trump got in office, that's when he got a wild hair up his butt and decided to do whatever. So I had the nerve to say, well, Iran went nuclear under Obama. Sure did. But what do you think about Iran now? Nothing. Why is that? Uh, Obama Christmas. No, he didn't. Taking out Saddam Hussein. Expanded ISIS's reach because ISIS existed, but Saddam Hussein kept it in check. So get history right, let me get your history correct. But anyway, goes overseas and kisses Putin's ass, begs to meet with him, and all this crap, and you know, talking about uh, adoptions. Fuck out of here. Come on, man. You talk about no damn. You did not uh, request the presence of Vladimir Putin to talk about adoptions. Man, what kind of fool you take us for? You talked about the mess he got you in, and what when when the whole Syria thing went down. He took great pause to make sure he didn't upset uh, Putin. He ultimately did because his hand was forced. Same with these sanctions he just signed. His hand was forced. He had no choice. He did also say, well, you know, I, I ain't got no choice in the matter of Vladimir, man. My bad, but, you know, I got to do what I got to do. They're making me do it. That's what I'm talking about. Gets back stateside and talks about how and, and what great shape the French president's wife is in. What shit is that? That is that is how he feels about women. Wife incident. How he feels about women. They're objects. And there was actually a statement, and I don't even have it. Uh, I, I saw it, and I was like, damn, that's messed up. Like, you know, you got to treat them like shit. He's talking about women here. You know, this is before he became president. You got to treat my shit. That's the only way they respond. I mean, he said that. Again, that's not the full thing. And I'm not going to remember the exact statement, but that was the gist of it. You got to treat them like shit. That's what we do. That's what you're supposed to do. But y'all didn't bat an eye about that either. Kim Jong-un decides to go ahead and get a wild hair of his butt. 
And I said before, Trump is going to try to out-crazy everybody. You can't out-crazy somebody because one somebody going to be crazier than you. Kim Jong-un is a fool. He's a nut. I get it. But I got the sneaking suspicion that he and Trump share that same narcissistic thing. They both act alike. I don't bat an eye. Get on the brink of nuclear war with a country the size of Kentucky. A, a, a real G would have been like, publicly, dude, you ain't worth my time. Privately, he would have put some stuff in place to watch watch this dude. Watch this cat. Let me know if he gets out of pocket. We got to do what we got to do. A real G says, bruh, you just a fly my balls, man. I ain't got time for you. And then put some back channel stuff in order. That's how real gangsters do it. They don't come out and say, we'll be shocking all and Whatever the hell else he said, whatever else that bullshit he said, real G's don't do that. Real bad boys move in silence. Real power don't power trip. But y'all bad an eye. And then bill happened. The biggest stain on America. In that rally type vibe, things that has done is terrible. But in that rally type, you know, protest type, probably since, well, L.A. riots in '92, but probably since Kent State, 1970, just a blemish, just disgusting. That now emboldened white supremacist movement who feels they have a kindred spirit in the Oval Office decided we're going to march on Charlottesville with torches, weapons, and oppressive language. And nobody bat an eye. Counter-protesters come into play, and all hell breaks loose. Those folk that did not come with pure intentions, you could talk your ass off. The people, the alt-right, the white supremacists, the the swastika-carrying, them folk did not come to sit in the town square and sing Kumbaya. They came with the intention to intimidate and start shit. Period. You don't need assault rifles if you're not interested in starting no shit. Naturally, shit starts. I mean, what do you expect? You swing a torch at me, and I'm just sitting there counter protesting your bullshit, and you swing torch, what do you think is going to happen? And I bet you good green money some of the counter protesters went down there just to start shit. I got that. I'm not naive enough to think that if the other side was completely uh, a pacifist in this whole thing, 
But when you incite violence and you incite hate and you live by that hateful credo, hate's going to visit you. That's just bottom line. It's called karma. Sometimes it's instant, sometimes it ain't. But Charlottesville goes down, a lady dies. Catherine's this this challenge to a group of people, a lady dies. Now, at this moment, the person we elected president is supposed to make a statement to try to heal the world, heal the country, something insightful, something direct and something solid to tell the people that this is not going to be tolerated. He comes out with this mini-mouth statement on Saturday about how both sides were to blame for the violence in Charlottesville, which is in direct contrast from back in Dallas, back in 2016 when Dallas went down and the five police officers tragically lost their lives, he called Black Lives Matter out directly before it was even established if anybody with Black Lives Matter had anything to do with it. It just happened during a rally. He was condemning Black Lives Matter directly. At that moment, there was never a both sides were to blame here. No, no. Whatever Black Lives Matter was doing their thing in 2016 and 15, it was always them directly. When the people that put in office started shit in Charlottesville, both sides are to blame. Bro, you can't spare it. And then, y'all got an eye about that. It's good that he said something. It's good that he's a, No, y'all, y'all, even, y'all even tripled down on his garbage. Next day comes out, after all the backlash, he makes a more pointed thing about Nazis and neo-Nazis or whatever having no place in the third. Because he gauged the reaction of his first statement. Then Tuesday after all this, he comes back out and says, pick all that. I didn't mean any of that stuff I said in the second statement. I meant what I said. So basically, it was like, fuck y'all, fuck y'all, fuck you too. I don't care about you. You're cool, and I'm out. That's basically what it is. I, I saw a perfect tweet about this. It said, the media says, Donald Trump shits his pants. The White House spent 48 hours saying, no, he did not shit his pants. Donald Trump comes out and says, yes, I did shit my pants, and I meant to. Wasn't it a glorious shit? That kind of thing. This is the guy who elected. This is the guy who fires everybody when it gets close to that Russia thing. Comey was an amazing FBI director when he was digging up shit on Hillary. But now when it gets close to this Russia thing, he's got to go. Flynn's got to go. 
I mean, if there is nothing there, then why are you so high investigation? If it ain't nothing there, if it's truly a witch hunt, like you keep saying, why is it why? Is this the guy you put in office? Just admit it. I I will respect you all if you admitted one of two things. And really there's no middle ground here. Either admit that you got caught up in the hype, caught up in the schmutz, caught up in everything and voted for him because he just incited something in you. If you can admit, hey, I screwed up, we need to figure out a way to undo this mess because he could do some real damage. Or admit, I ride with this dude 100% and I believe the stuff that he says. I believe uh, that immigrants are a detriment to American way of life. I believe that, you know, health care should not be a right to Americans. I believe that everybody needs to do his own thing and there is no sense of community here because that's what he's speaking of. That's what Trump speaks about. And I can respect either way. But the middle ground that everybody tries to, 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 to dwell in is where I have problems. There is no middle ground. You cannot say that give this man a chance to do good for the country because I voted for him and I believed what he said back then, but I don't believe what he says now. You can't reside in that middle spot. You can't say, I don't believe in anything that he says, but give him a chance as president. What part of the game is that? Y'all didn't give Obama a fair chance. As soon as uh, uh, Michelle walked out of the dress that cost $20,000, oh, look at Daryl, so we lead us. Y'all forget he was a millionaire went into the spot. When they went on their annual Hawaii vacation, where the taxpayers should not front the bill for that, but you cool with fronting the bill for this dude going on big, going on uh, golfing trips every single weekend. After he said to you, American public, I'm not going golfing. There's too much work to be done. It pays for every single weekend that he had his Mar-a-Lago resort. Again, not divested himself from businesses. Government is paying his private business for him to be there. And that's not counting the security measures they have to uh, implement there too. But y'all don't bat an eye about that. The money we spent on Melania Trump's security when she stayed in New York for those six, seven months, at a total of like, it, it was some exorbitant. It was like $18, $19, 20000000 million. It was probably more than that. Feed some, some veterans. We can, we can clone some, some homeless people. Shit, we can get a middle class tax break. So I can go out and get a couple of things of Skittles every, every other day. We got the money. 
We just spend it in ways. But y'all okay with that? So it's a deal. Either admit you made a mistake. I can ride with that. You can work with us to try to undo it. Or you can say, no, nah, fuck that. I, this is exactly what I wanted. This is the dude I wanted. This is the dude I'm riding with. I can respect that. It's that I don't believe anything he said. I don't agree with his sentiments. I don't agree how he feels about this. I don't agree how he feels about that. And he did here in Charlottesville was wrong. And what he did here, was, but I'm going to still ride with him as president because I think he deserves a chance. After a while, don't you forfeit your chance? If me and you hung out, if me and you hung out and we went to a spot and I saw a Mexican out there, now forget that. If me and this white dude was hanging out and I saw this Irish dude hanging out and said, damn, all these Irish are nothing but drunks. Can't stand being around them. They do that and they get all drunk and they, ooh. How many times do I have to do that before you start hanging out with me? Man, I can't mess with you, man. I can't, I, no, that's just wrong. If me and you hang out and we go to a bar, go to a club, and all I do is walk up and grab women's asses and get us thrown out of every club we go to, how long is that going to fly before you say, I can't mess with you? Or we get into a fight every time we go out because I'm grabbing some dude's woman's ass. How long is it going to be before you say to me, I can't mess with you, man. I I, I can't do it. Then if that's the case, if, if you really feel that if me and you go down, we hang out like that, and you will put me down like that, then how in the hell does this dude qualify to get your vote for president and then for you to double down and ride with him even deeper after he's proven he's incapable of doing it? That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. I got a Facebook page. Somebody who feels that way, come hit me. Holler at me. Pugilistic Linguistics on Facebook. Come out. Check it out, man. You got, I, want, I want to actually continue this discussion. Because I want to know how in the hell you ride with a dude like that. Because if me and you were kicking it, you wouldn't kick it with me. So why did he deserve your undying loyalty? And he's proven that he does nothing for you. The economy is 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 I guess is good. You know, the Dow is through the roof, which is an instant indicator. But unemployment and all that stuff that has a lag time. This has nothing to do with Trump. Trump's unemployment is coming out into this year, next year. That's a true measurement of that man. He's done nothing. No new legislation. He couldn't even get uh, he couldn't even get health care reform passed, and they got the House and the Senate. How feckless, how impotent, impotent are you when you got the White House and both chambers of Congress, and you still can't pass legislation? This is your dude. This is the dude you rode with. So again, in closing, I'm gonna get on down. Either you admit you made a mistake 
and you can help us and build with us to try to get this mistake rectified. Or you say to me, I ride with him 100%, and I don't give a damn what he does. That's my dude. Back that too. I just know how to treat you on the backside. Either way, I can respect that middle ground, that mealy mouth, half-assed middle ground, I can't do. I can't do it. Pick side. All right, I think I'll go ahead and get on down now. I think I've talked my voice out for the day. Way too thinking way too deeply and getting way too passionate for a Sunday morning. But again, uh, I'm going to move this show to Wednesday evenings, 8 p.m. Central. That way I'm kind of in the middle of the week and I'm not really uh, weekending it and affected by outside factors. So this Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central time, come check me out. I'm going to go ahead and post a new page. Go ahead and post a new episode. Come holler at me. Come check me out. Uh, iTunes, if any of your older I, uh, podcasts, any of the new stuff that be posted within hours on iTunes, come check me out. Uh, but in the meantime, again, if anybody has anything that you that they want to contribute about this show, I've got a Facebook page, Pugilistic Linguistics. I'm really intrigued about the whole topic about this. You want to start a discussion, and it's going to be a discussion, not an argument. Come out and check me out. But in the meantime, I'm going to get on down, like I say every time. Take care of yourself because you, you got peace. Ballistic link.